Right guys, welcome to the Slowpoke World episode 12. We're here again, we're joining two sexy people. I bring you guys sexy people all the time, aren't you lucky? We've got ourselves Andrew Emerson. How are you doing, my man? How do I'm grand, yourself? Yeah, I'm all good, I'm full of energy. Oh my lord, we've got ourselves Miles Grayson. How are we, my friend? I'm great too as well, thanks. Jeez, both first time uh, guests on the world, right? If I'm not going to say yeah. first yeah. time on the world, yeah. right? Here we go. Right, and um, we're going to talk a bit about their, because, spoiler, they both did really well at the last regionals. How do you pronounce it? Jonopnik? Jonopnik? Jonkoping? Jonkoping. Yeah, I'm glad we got that out of the way. I've been mispronouncing <laughs> that for the whole episode. Oh, my Lord. Um, and then we're going to get into some NI, pre-NI, N-A-I-C, I should say. Uh, a top 10. Uh, see what decks are in the top 10 for all you guys that are going. But first things first, ice breakers as per. So, Andrew. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If I was to ask you what your least favourite Pokemon is, what would you say? And why as well? I, I, I'm really struggling, if I'm honest. Um, I would... See, there's always a big hype. Whenever a new generation comes out, the starter Pokemon's the first things you see. Yep. And I've got to say that the worst starter Pokemon I've ever seen was Poplio. I just can't... It's just so dull and so useless as well. So... <laughs> I would probably have to go along with Poplio and say that he just cheeses me off because he's so dull. <laughs> Poplio, okay. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mole, same question to you. Um, again, it's a hard one, but I've always been sort of someone that likes to go against the grain and use something a bit different. So I probably a lot of the more popular Pokemon are my least favourite because they're so popular. Yeah. So like, um, probably think like Mewtwo. It's like, I think the design's not adventurous and like even even things like charizard is a case of a lot of people really like it to the point where i didn't really want to play the deck at, the f- at first yeah. um so yeah, i think it's just things that are really really popular i just like being different yeah what well, me and you might as well see eye to eye because i'm not a fan of mewtwo either i'm not a fan of charizard but my least favorite pokemon but along similar lines is either Greninja or Zoroark. I hate them both. They get so much fan <laughs> attention. And they're always yeah. so good in the TCG as well. It just pisses me off. Like, Machamp <laughs> has had a good card. Well, Machamp tag team's okay at best. But yeah, a good card in a while. And then Greninja comes out, but he all sorts. Oh, it just he annoys me. And he's in Smash as well. I don't play Smash, but I know Greninja's in there. It's just, just annoying. So, right. Andrew, if I was yeah. to ask you what your least favourite deck to play against has been, what would it be and why? Um... Toad Puff. That's a very good answer. That was this was when Trump Card was still around as well, right? Yeah, so Trump Card was around. It was before Shaman came out. Um, So it wasn't the all-consuming monster that it was for all of one event. (laughs) But, yeah, it just, it was left unchecked to play the game at the slowest pace that it could and still come out with a win every time. It was just so frustrating. Me and my friend Joel, we call that the Dark Ages when um, Trump Card was still around because you've heard yeah. stuff like that. It's just like, right, well, I'm going to be here for at least 40 minutes for this one game, and chances yep. are I'm going to lose, but I was going to lose very slowly. That was a dirty deck, that was. Oh my lord. Uh, Miles, your least favourite deck to play against? I'd have to agree. Size was totally when Lysander's Trump Card was around. <laughs> it was just. Uh... That, that exactly, exactly it. People think like let loose is is bad in terms of how it disrupts your hand turn one. But I think it's worse having having such a full hand and knowing you just can't play anything. Yeah. You know, at least with Marshall, you haven't got it. It's like with the size of Toad, it's like oh, I've got everything I need, but for a DC, you're just going nope, nope, nope. 
Yeah. It's horrible. That's pretty much it. You know, like, if they're going second, you've got your hand, you think, oh, I've got a supporter here. Then they end, and you just draw your end. You're like, please, supporter. You're like, ultra ball, trains melt. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, six items, quick and punch. Hand goes down, okay. It was even worse when you got Getz, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a fair shout as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, it's the fact that they did 30, maybe 50 if they had the muscle band on. It was, it, your EXs were going down very slowly. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then when Wolf Seas came out as well, they had the some toad. I might be sleeping up Toad for the weekend, though. I'm not going to lie, because that's one thing I have got expanded wise is four Toads. So. <laughs> Go with Yeah, Toad Bats is what I'm leaning at at the minute. A bit of Toad Bats. Little, add a little bit of an offensive punch. Now, I never, I wasn't really playing super competitive when that was a thing. But um, so my least favorite let's play against is Night March, because that's when I did start to play more. And Hex Marks was just taken off, and that annoyed me to no end. Because they'd just be like, Battlecom, Battlecom, back on Sycamore, one, well, no, not Sycamore, Battlecom, Battlecom, DCE, Night March 180, heck, you're just like, well, okay, now I just sit back and do a whole lot of nothing, really. So mm. that was my least favourite. But people, like you said, Mark, people want to moan about Let Loose. Get a hit at 180 turn one with no abilities next turn. Don't tell me about Let Loose ain't that bad. Oh my lord, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Right, and then last one. Miles, we'll start with you this time. What was your least favourite deck to play? Um, I'd probably say uh, Zor- any Zorark variant. I've just never, I've never sort of taken to it, sort of sitting there and trading. Again, it's one that a lot of people used. It was also, I also took to the challenge of, okay, yeah, let's try and go against Zorark. <laughs> I like that. I, I was never a fan of Zorark. I still hate it, to be fair. Andrew, yeah, your least favourite deck to play? Uh, do you remember the... Uh, North American Nationals final of 2015. North American 2015. I have. Yeah. If you, if you say the if you say the matchup, I remember it. I can't say what it was off the top of my head. It was, uh, was, was the it? first the first big showing of Warlord EX. Oh, so. I was gonna say was oh, it Warlord? That deck was <laughs> so dull to play. Um, I took it to a challenge and I went 5-0 at the challenge and I just I, I straight went I'm never playing this deck again. I wasted six hours of my life <laughs> for 15 points. <laughs> I remember when we first, because I think I was at a shop testing, as it goes, and then my mate was like, oh, well, Lord's in the finals at Nats. And I was like, what? The, 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 the concept of Mill wasn't in my head. So I was like, what? Yeah. Was he using Blastoise then? What would you mean? Like, what do you mean, well, Lord? <laughs> and he told like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that was pretty dirty, to be fair. Um, my least favourite, I haven't actually thought about this one. My least favourite deck to play. I always get so attached to every deck I play. When have I ever just scrubbed out? When have I done that? So I'm sure I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it, but um, least favorite probably Toad. Yeah, well, I think there was one event where I played Toad Crawdon. That was oh yes, lad. It was boring, <laughs> but I still liked. I, I liked the deck. I sort of concocted it myself. I was like, right, let's just yeah. energy comes up. And they got no items, but I did feel dirty. I had to have a shower when I got home that day. Like, oh, <laughs> get that dirt off me. <laughs> but yeah, Toad Cordon, yeah, that was probably one of his favourite decks to play. But I would still play. Maybe, maybe I'm playing it on Sunday. <laughs> right, so... Don't, say, don't go back. I went back to Sylveon for a team-up League Cup, and I ended up getting top four with it, but I just felt so dirty doing it. Oh, Sylveon, just, just straight, straight, yeah, straight yeah. Sylveon decks uh, with a Valplume. Uh, you remember oh, that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, just I felt felt so dirty picking it back up, and I'm like, I'm never playing that again. <laughs> After like, why I pulled the sweat off the off the sleeves? Like, oh, get that off yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. There was, was a top eight match against Selby Venus, so I just went, okay, rare candy Valplume, I win twice. <laughs> just, uh, hand down and wait. Like, do you, like, 
do you want to sign this now then, lad? Or like... <laughs> <laughs> fair play, fair play. Right, so off the, that negative talk there, and we all seem so happy. Talk to me, Andrew, about your... How's it pronounced again? Yen Kaping. That's it. I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt that. I'm going to the last regionals. Talk to me about Sweden. your last... Yeah, that's it. Your Sweden day one. How did that go for you? Day one, right. So, I mean, I'm going to start quite a bit before day one, if yeah. I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, all I've played this format is Reshizard. Okay. Um, it came out, it was an insane card, it has ridiculous support. I was determined to play it well. Um, so I've been practicing for about a month. You know, as soon as the thing came out, yep. as soon as it was legal, I've been playing this deck, testing it out, trying it out, um, knowing that it's what I want to play. It keeps getting good results everywhere as well, and I'm like, yes, this deck is good. I can be good with this deck. Um, so I've been refining it over and over, trying it at a cup, coming away, changing it, trying it at another cup, changing it, just going going backwards and forwards on different cards and things like that, yeah. trying different things. And we got to the point where I had built what I'd like to say is the most aggressive Rashizard list I could physically have built. Um, so Dex decided I'm happy with it. Um, the plan is to not hit any Zapdos or any stall. And just kind of go from there. Okay. Uh, just, um, before, just before you get before, so you said you don't want to hit Zapdos or Stall. Were nope. there any matchups where if they flip a card over, you're like, yes, get in, we should be fine here. Uh, Zoroar. <laughs> Zoroar. Fair I, I'm happy in I'm happy in the mirror. I'm happy in Zoroar. Um, I'm okay in Malamar. It's not the easiest of matchups, but I, you know, I know my way around it. Yeah. Um. So you know those three things. Pika Romok as well, providing I draw okay, should be okay in it. But like, yeah, straight Zapdos Beasts, I cannot trade prize as well with it at yeah. all. Um, but uh, yeah, the tournament, thankfully, the matchups were reasonable, Match shall we say. Good. Yeah, um, so we'll start at the start. Um, round one, I'm playing a Reshizard Mirror. Yep. Um, the guy hasn't been playing all that long. It was his first regional. Um, local Swedish guy. Um, you know, had a good chat. Um, he made a couple of misplays. I think it's just kind of the pressure of the situation. First round of his first big tournament. And, you know, I kind of toured the whole thing relatively quickly, mm. relatively easily. But I say big shout out to the guy. I can't remember his name for the love of life of me. But um, he, he was great to talk to, great to play against. And just happy to be there and be playing Pokemon, which is the kind of thing you want to see from people. Yeah. Um, at, at the tournaments, you know, not everyone's kind of the sweaty person who's aiming for the tops and whatnot. Yeah. You know, where would we be without everyone else who just enjoys Pokemon? You know, so, you know, that, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good first round. I say, happy to get that first win under your belt as well. Um, Can I round... just pause you there, sorry, Andrew, Go before, before we get further? Um, you mentioned that you said you've built what you think is the most aggressive Charizard list. Uh, yeah. Talk to me. What about it is makes it so aggressive, and how you settled on the counts? That's something that piqued my interest a little bit. There. Um, so I'm playing the Jirachi version. Yep. Um, just because the you know the draw with Jirachi every turn is massive, and um, but I'm also playing uh, two Kiawe, two Kakui, and two Tapu Lele GX. Mm-hmm. Um, just to you know, Kiawe turn one is massive. Yeah. Kakui makes numbers insane, especially in the mirror, um, and. It's just that ability to, you know, set up in one turn, swing hard from turn two, and just kind of keep a lead going. Yeah. Which is yeah. what the, you know, if you get a lead with that deck, you tend not to lose it. Yeah. So and that, I think, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. 
And I think as well with sort of Green's Reshizard sort of tipping the scales of being the better one, if you went second in that matchup and they, you know, used Green's exploration and attached one energy, you turn two, you your turn one, you could safely Kiawe. Yeah. And and yeah. It, you know, and then you've suddenly you've suddenly got the lead, you've gone second, but you've suddenly got the lead in that game. Yeah, them getting one energy turn one compared to you getting five or six, depending if you Kiawe or you uh, Welder and use Volcanium. Yeah. Uh, then it's just the you know, they, they can't come back from that at all. Yeah, it does seem um, pretty strong getting the four energy down and then being able to threaten one shots after that as well without using well, without using the GX with its six energy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. To oh, yeah. Fair, yeah. That yeah, is, yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's that, that's the whole idea of the deck, you know, expecting to play a few mirrors, yeah. um, expecting to play Zoroark as well because Kiawe on the Snorlax is huge um, and then just being able to, you know, take that first couple of prizes and just keep on going from there um, is basically how how I planned it to go from the start. Um, round two, I was on stream. Um, you can uh, go back and watch it at uh, Limitless on Twitch if you want to go see it, guys. Uh, I wouldn't recommend my match. It was terrible. <laughs> um, I'm playing against uh, Mark Lutz, um, very good player. He's playing a Spiritomb Umbreon Lucario Melmetal GX kind of not stall, not aggressive. It's, it's a weird kind of thing where Spiritomb's the main attacker, um, but he does have those kind of stall yeah. elements in there with um, Honchkrow GX to kind of tell Zoroark it can't play the game and the Lucario Melmetal to stall out other things as well and whatnot. Um, I'm getting lucky going into this because he has a game loss. So I'm going in, sitting down on stream, 1-0 up, which is huge. Um, because if the decks were to draw well and just play against each other, I think his would win like 75% of the time. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm sitting there, I've got a, I've got a match win already. Um, and game two, as it was, starts. And we both sit in dead draw for many, many turns. Um, but of course, his attack is a spirit tombs. He just needs one energy. He powers himself up on a turn-by-turn basis with um, the the building spite ability yeah. and he manages to eventually run me out of things because I'm sat there not drawing anything, missing my energy, um, all that kind of fun stuff that Pokemon does to you sometimes. Um, so game three, as it is now, um, he opens with Lucario Melmetal, mm -hmm. which is big um, <laughs> because that's the easy three prizes, but he also gets the turn one um, frying pan on it. So all of a sudden, oh, yeah. my easy three prizes are not as easy, um, <laughs> and he, you know, that thing's sitting there. He gets the DC on it. I've got a powered up Reshiram Charizard on the bench, but of course, I don't want to lose the energy from it because mm -hmm. I can't find the field blower. So I'm chipping at him with my, um, with my Volcanion. He gets a Spiritomb with three damage counters and a Hustle Belt, and yeah. hits my Charizard for one sixty. Um, I go back and I hit the... Um, so that thing gets retreated to the bench. I go after his Lucario Melmetal again with my Volcanion, again just trying to pick him off before he can get a chance to ace and roll it off the field. Mm -hmm. And he GXs as it attacks the Volcanion. When then I get possibly the greatest turn of Pokemon I've ever had in my life, where I have the energy and um, energy in a skateboard to be able to retreat the Volcanion after he's gotten rid of the energy off it. I've got 160 damage on me. He's got 80 damage on him. Um, I get the Kikui. I get the Choice Band. 
I outrage for the perfect maths. <laughs> if, you watch, if you watch him on stream, we spent five minutes counting this out to make sure that it's right. Um, and me taking those three prizes there are what would mean the game basically because you cannot, yeah, you can't can't recover from that. So I just kind of sweep them up um, from there and win my first match on a major stream ever, there which go. I'm <laughs> so thrilled about finally. Um, so that was good, two zero. Um, and then round three, I'm on like second table. I sit down opposite Jesper Eriksson, and he's playing a very aggressive Pikachu Zekrom uh, list. Um, game one, he goes first, um, you know, gets a great setup, energies everywhere, Zapdos on the bench. Um, I miss my energy accelerations. Mm -hmm. He then proceeds to just kind of sweep me. Game one, which is fair enough, if I don't have energy, I can't attack. Uh, game two, I get a turn one Kiawe. He gets no energy attachments. He scoops. <laughs> Very quick game. Game three, I again I whiffed energy attachments um, two turns in a row in mid-game, which cost me to lose the game, um, which is somewhat annoying because, as I said, Picaron, as long as you you know, you know can yeah. keep going, is, a, is an okay matchup. Um, so losing that was somewhat frustrating. Um, round four, I sit down opposite a, a Malamar Ultra Necrozma deck. Um, French guy whose name I can't remember, unfortunately. And these game, well, probably the first one wasn't because I, um, you, I went first. I used Let Loose, and he didn't draw out of it. Yeah. So that was fun. Games two and three were incredibly close. Um, he edged game two, and just he managed to get three Malamars out on turn two or three. And you just you can't keep going. You have to fight your way through the, uh, the Giratinas and try lock something. It's just it's impossible. Yeah. Um, game three, um, he needed to. He needed to get the Giratina onto the bench, which was easy done. So it was in the discard for the ability. And he needed the retreat because I had an Absol down. Yeah. And he needed um, Ultra Necrozma and the Metal Energy. So the turn before, I get rid of his Viridian Forest and I let loose him. And yeah. he gets. Uh, he misses the energy. So he oh. goes instead of the Dawnwings Necrozma and he jets oh, actually wow. with that to try to buy a turn. Yeah. yeah, really big. Um, so he, he gets that powered up and let loose himself, um, but the first card off my let loose is the Guzma, so I win the game that one. Wow. So 3-1 there. Again, very, very close game. Um, potentially a bit lucky to hit the Guzma off the let loose and whatnot. Did have a quite a thin deck at that point, though, so, you know, we take those. Yeah. Um, so 3-1 after four rounds. Um, round five is where things get nice and easy, I should say. Um, round five and round six I play against Zoro Persian. Um, I, in the first match of round five, I prized my EV Snorlax, so I lost that one. Um, I didn't prize my EV Snorlax again in any of the <laughs> games in round five or either of the games in round six. Once you get that thing out, it takes at least four prizes. You win the game. There's yeah. very, very little you can do. So I say round six, two or another uh, Zoroark Persian. Um, and that means we're sitting after six rounds of seven at 5-1. Um, I can ID into top eight after that. So five one one after after seven rounds. Okay. Absolutely ultimate. All I needed was points at the event. So to be sitting there going at the top eight was yeah. pretty sweet. Big time flex. <laughs> I bet you had the biggest grin on your face when you oh, signed yeah. that ID. Like, there did. we go. <laughs> and it was uh, Ilya I was playing against in what well, I ID'd against and he put a picture of because only the top two tables could ID. 
Okay, so he put, a, right. he put a picture of the four of us up on Twitter, and my face is ridiculous, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like the Cheshire cat. So, at this point, you're chilling in top eight. Miles, talk to me about your day one and how it all went. So, you did, you did pretty good as well, but talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, I'm saying, um, I finished uh, 5-2, only one point away from uh, Andrew and uh, Possible Table. But again, oh, I only... Wait, sorry, Miles, let me stop you there again. I'm getting ahead of myself. Talk to me, your build-up. How? What deck did you play? What counter did you settle on in the end, and why did you pick it? Well, um, I actually played the same 60 as Andrew. We both played the same. Um, okay. Before we went into the tournament, we... Um, it ran two field blower, didn't it? And then um, I suggested the Absol, which was what I was something I, cause I was practicing a few days before, and I thought, oh, maybe we'll have a look at the Absol, because yeah. it might help against the Zapbeast matchup, and it might help against the Ultra Ultra Mali matchup as well, yeah. or any Eli Malamar. And um, it did come in handy a couple of times today. Even it even won me a game, I'd say, um, yeah. later on, which uh, I'll come on to. Um, yeah, to the reason why I chose as a, as a Mali player, if, you know, if I'm sitting across from a Charles, I'm like, okay, this should be, you know, it's kind of in my favour. But if you nest brought the abs, I'm like, for God's sake, what's he playing that for? What's that there for? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the Absol hasn't really been seen in any big yeah. uh, ad list at the moment. I thought no one's going to expect it, and there's going to be that much on the board that they need to get rid of that they're not give, not going to want to target it, especially with um, yeah, course, yeah, yeah. with Zabbies, because you need you need an Electro Power to take it out with Zapdos anyway. So it. it so once the once it was out, it was out. No, yeah. Good, um, cool, good, cool. Yeah, I like that. So um, well, the reason why I decided to play it genuinely is I had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was practicing with it anyway um, after seeing Andrew do so well in the uh, in the lead up, and the way that he built it with the aggression was uh, reminiscent of a, a Snorlax deck I built for a challenge, and I played with a cup which just ran, I think you know, four Snorlax, three Kiawe, four Lele, you know, everything to get that turn one Kiawe, and. Knowing at how, in a meta where there was, it was like the week after the Zygarde deck sort of hovered around in team up when when that was bigged up. So I was going into a tournament where there was a lot of fighting expected, and just the sheer aggression of it, just it just trampled over people, and and that's what I saw in this in the Reshi's at list. You know, it's just so fast that people can't keep up. So that's why I did it. And we had a dream that we both got points with it. I thought I can't I can't say no now. <laughs> so uh, and it happened. So yeah. Um, so yeah, we swapped the uh, the second field blow for the Absol, which I think it definitely worked for me. And uh, I say I'll come on to that later. So uh, round one, I played um, Zygarde Sil Valley. Uh, again, it was a local, I think one of the first regionals I played in. Um, they would say there were a lot of uh, locals that had turned up at that event, which was really nice to see. That all of, everyone was really nice to play with. Unfortunately, I can't remember any of the any of the names because it's such a busy day and yeah. it happens so fast. I mean, I had to remember long to remember some of the matchups, wasn't it? Oh, um, <laughs> I couldn't remember what I played against in some rounds because it was just so so busy. So I played Zygarde Steel Valley. I really enjoyed playing against the deck. I, I really like Zygarde GX as a card. Um, I played it in a few cups in, in Lost Thunder and really enjoyed it. So I had fun with that one. Um, I started second, which against Zygarde is not too bad because I can't sell connect to turn one. And it was it put me in a really good mood and really good start to the day. Going turn two, well attached and uh, being able to GX for 200 to knock out the Zygarde. So yeah. that, that put me on a really good start to the day. Um, it took me by surprise when the Silvalli knocked me out um, with Diancy and just the Fighting Dojo. Obviously, you don't need to be behind on prizes with those two cards. Just the, the 120 plus the 10 from Fighting Dojo because it's energy, fighting energy attached, yeah. not fighting Pokemon. And the Diancy knocked me out. So that, that stumbled me um, for, for a moment. And I think, I think it went to game three, but I, I managed to get the third one again just with snorlax being able to take um four prizes if once it's done that it's it's difficult like you're having to find the triple the triple callers to to 
the triple acceleration to get Sil Valley going in one turn, as well as the the fighting memory and the stadium. You just you just couldn't um, they just couldn't keep up with how fast the the Snorlax was. Um, so that was a, a good start to the day. In round two, I faced up against uh, Malamar Giratina with um, Alola Muk team tag team GX. Uh, so Muk and Muk. Um, it came down very late in game one, did the Muk? So I thought it was an ultra Mali. I was I was conscious looking at how many 70 HP Pokemon I've got on the on the bench, <laughs> like having having to set up from a slow start. Yeah. So it was very close. I was and but I didn't see the ultra Mali. So as soon as I didn't see the ultra Malamar, I could just I could just set up as I pleased. Um, Game one, it was uh, quite close, but I got the edge in the in the late game. Game two, he just didn't get set up, I don't think. So uh, I took that one there. Um, round three, I actually sat next to Andrew playing uh, Nico Alabas from Limitless. He was playing Zapbeast. Um, so it was a, a pretty nice combo to go against. Um, it was a really fun game. Game one was very close. Um, it took me a while to get the Absol out, but once I did, it you could it, the the deck just stopped. He it, yeah. struggled getting everything together and retreating, and, and it didn't go down until after he used a few switches and escape ropes as well. So as soon as that went down, it was I managed to catch up a few prizes, but it went down to the last turn. And um, game two, I just didn't get set up, so it was a, a pretty quick quick loss on my part. So that's that's me at two one. Um, round four, I faced the Reshizard Mirror with the Jirachi. So a standard Jirachi build. Um, simply put, I went second again. <laughs> um, so I lost game one. Game two, I went first. I got Termo Kiawe. As soon as I took out the, Reshi, the first Reshizard, he scooped. And then game three, um, again going second. I, uh, I had I had one turn to have a chance of uh, getting the Kiawe. And uh, after he whiffed, um, he with some something he needed, and I with that as well. So it just essentially we just both played a turn behind. So again, with the mirror, that's that's what happened there. Um, when I said sort of second again, little fun fact: I went second in every round, every, all seven oh, rounds. Yeah. I lost the coin toss. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> so sitting there with the rushes are going. Okay, I'm going second again. Okay, I'm going second again. <laughs> it was uh, a nice little surprise. So I'm going into round five now, sitting at two two. I played against a Blacephalon GX deck. Um, Again, I think I faced another local quite new to the game. His first regional, um, it was it was quite a, an easy win. He didn't play the Persian, which, having played Blacephalon at Bristol, I managed to get data with that, um, and then seeing the lists and everything that's coming up with Persian, I, I tried the week before a cup to go to go with it, and I nearly went with Blacephalon GX this weekend, um, but because I knew the deck so well, like he played it with a version of Muck, so it was essentially a the the team up deck. Yeah. With the Alola Muck, I, I didn't even... He, he got turn two Muck every single, both games, and I, I just didn't need to do anything to work around it. With the Kiawe, it was just too strong. Um, because I was so fast, he had no choice but to Bursting Burn me, and I had the switching card, so unfortunately, he didn't manage to take a prize out of the game, but that just shows you how fast Charizard is. Jesus. 6-0 Asclap, oh my lord. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so that's, uh, that's put me on back on... Um, Back on good trends now. Uh, was it round five or against um, round six? Round six. I was against uh, Martin Janus. Am I right? Yeah, Martin Janus. Yeah. Yeah. Janus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, he was he was sat at what was it? I think he was sat at two o three. Two wins and three ties. So I'm sat here going, oh no, I'm facing a stall deck. I can't I can't really afford to lose another one because then that puts me in sort of bubble territory for top thirty two. I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna face this stall and then he flipped over the Malaman and went okay Malaman matchup. Um, the first two games were, were pretty standard. Again, I went second. 
Um, so I lost the first game. I won the game. I went first because of such a fast setup as as we know with Regizard. controlling the the setup in terms of Jurachis and Marshadows, not playing them um, as and when, just waiting until I definitely need them because I didn't want him to sweep up with a sky scorching light at the end. And um, like for example, not knowing if they're playing the beast energy art, you can never be too sure. You you don't want they don't play the beast and uh, the beast ring, but you just don't want to bet on it. So like Marshadow in the right times. And then um, when it came to, down to game three, it was really close. I managed to nest ball the um, Absol down, knowing it's the Jirachi deck and um, the Jirachis in there. And um, a, a very well-timed Marshadow meant... Well, he was he was setting up his Sky Scorching Light. He needed to take three prizes, and I had um, a Jirachi and Mar, a Marshadow. And then he used Mew, Baby Mew, the, the new hollow one, yeah, to yeah. put three damage counters on my Absol. So I had three Pokemon with 60 HP left. So when it was my turn, I used uh, I had Ace Roller in hand. So I used Ace Roller to pick up the Absol and put it back down again so he can only take two prizes, which with two cards in hand, he needed to top deck a Guzma or a Switch because he couldn't top deck the energy because he needed to attach to Necrozma. Yeah. And uh, I got lucky, he didn't draw either. So, <laughs> so that was the game right there. Um, round seven, I went into um, Zoroark Persian Slokin, which is the same opponent as your round five, Andrew. Yeah, it was yeah. Benjamin Barons. Yeah. yeah, there I go. So... Um, at the, at the point, I, I offered the ID. I, I, you know, I needed top 32. I needed points. I didn't want to get greedy. Yep. And um, obviously, he needed the top 16 for the invite, so we played out, which is absolutely fine. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, I went second again, <laughs> going into the first game. He just got set up a bit too quickly. Um, what was he, what, sorry? It was Zoroark Persian with oh, Slokin. Oh, so you did say, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, game one, he, he beat me. He didn't really, I didn't, he didn't play the Sloking, he just managed to meet with the Persian Zoroark, just the lack of setup. And um, game two, I got the... Uh, the well, he actually uh, drew pass without me having to march out or anything, so I had the opportunity to donk a Zoroark, and I didn't get it. I whiffed it all. Oh, no. so, um, so it went on a little bit longer, but because he, he had those few turns, I just got so far ahead. And then um, game three, it was a lot closer this game. Um, I was having to, you know, had all my energy on board on an Eevee Snorlax, and I noticed he had a... He had a full bench out and nothing for a slow king. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm getting his Charizard down and setting it up in case he takes out the Eevee Snorlax. Um, I then used the... Knocked out a... Uh, I chose to knock out a Zoroark, leaving the Persian there. Because um, afterwards you you asked why, didn't you? And uh, yeah, is, yeah. I couldn't remember why. I knew why I did at the time. And then it came back to me saying that um, <clears throat> if he managed to knock out the Eevee Snorlax, I could Guzma and GX the Persian because it only had 200 HP with Charizard and Reshiram without the extra energies. Okay. Whereas, um, I otherwise, I would have needed four energies on the Charizard to knock out the, the Zoroark. So that's why I decided to get that one, which is a clever move. I think even if I decided just to Kiawe onto the Charizard, I was, I was, I had enough prizes left on his side. You know, I only did take the two, okay. so I managed to, uh, so I managed to win that game three, putting me uh, in the uh, top sixteen, which was uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was ecstatic. There we go. Jeez, so big smiles all around for this team then. So um, I'm correct in thinking that it cut to a top eight, so there was no um, no day two no day top two. eight, right? Yeah. Yeah, straight away. Okay, yeah. well, how do you talk to about your top eight then, Sunshine? Uh, you didn't want to hear much, honestly. Um, <laughs> I mean, so... for starters, you ruined our night out, didn't you? Uh, you ruined our night out by getting I top did, eight. Yeah, I had, be, I had to be up in the morning. Um, Sorry, let's go. So, uh, I know what I'm playing against. I'm playing against Magnus, who's playing Zapbeasts, one of the two decks I really didn't want to be playing against. Yeah. Um, and it it went from bad to worse. Um, I 
like missed setup first turn both games. Um, I at one point um, did everything in the wrong order, so I welded before I'd even put my Reshizard down. <laughs> oh, no. um, and I heard, I heard, even though we had the noise cancelling headphones and everything on on the stream. I heard Nick Pierce from the commentary booth, the other side of the wall, just scream, "Oh no!" I'm like, I was just, I, was just, I looked up, I was like, "Oh, I'm just laughing at him, despite the fact he couldn't see me." Oh. Um, but uh, I nearly won that game because obviously I played the welder, so I went, "Sorry, it, let's just put it on a, on a lele." And I started taking out Jirachis, picking off Jirachis with lele with a um, with the uh, the four four energy on him. But um, yeah, in the end, he just had enough to. Chip his way through a Reshizard, take his last prizes. Um, game two, again, missed my setup turn one, was just not getting anywhere. Um, game one, I prized my Absol. Game two, I didn't get it out for far too many turns. So his setup was just, you know, whatever he wanted, he could get and dig for with his Jirachis and whatnot. Um, and in the end, he, I think we, I, I was on two prizes, he was on three, and he just um, Coco Prism, Coco GX, GX Knockout, and I was like, yeah, nothing I can do there. I think I had seven energy on board just because I finally managed to hit the welders and stuff. But yeah, you don't you, you take that off to a bad matchup and the the guy who eventually won the entire thing. So can't really complain about that. No, definitely not. Especially since you said the starlight said it's going to be a bad matchup. Man. Probably. But yeah, we take that. We take that. So overall, then, fellas, any changes to the list? Would you say that this your build or the build that you played is the definitive version of Refusard at the moment? Would you say, or if you want to play the most aggressive version of Refusard, you can. Then yes, um, it that's what it was built to do. And so, you know, yeah, if you're expecting kind of big GX matchups, you just want to you know go quick and not tie. Then yeah, this is the deck for you. Um, I would say that um, Bert Walter's version, the one that came second with the greens and the um, the mix of custom catcher and the mixed herbs, yeah. is the more versatile and probably an overall stronger ever across the board. Um, so I don't know. It's up to yourself. It depends what kind of meta you're expecting. Um, I did just mention to Miles this afternoon, actually. Um, we were playing four Nest Ball and three Ultra Ball, and I just said, yeah. why, why weren't we playing four Ultra Ball and three <laughs> Nest Ball? Because, you know, how important is it getting the turn one Lele, getting yeah. the Marshadow when you need it? And Nest Ball doesn't do that, so I'd maybe swap them around. But other than that, the deck for what it was built for was perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, any, anything to add there, Miles, on that version of Charizard? Or? Uh, well, I say, Andrew... Uh... Bill the Lesser, he had he had that to say. I mean, I completely agree. After yeah. seeing the um, after seeing the first wave of Reshizard builds come out with the with the greens, you know, with the um, and then like with ones running some Flareon in it perhaps, and all the yeah. four Volcanion, um, he's just not right for the deck. Reshizard needs to have that aggression. Um, if you're going into a big GX heavy tournament, which I think we were expecting, um, so yeah, I think um. I really, I really enjoyed putting the Absol in. I think that that did yeah. put in his work. If you get it down nice and early, it does work. Um, but I'd say, yeah, if, you, if you're expecting a, a wider meta in terms of the variety of decks, then I'd say that that Greens version would would be better um, because it can take those single prize attackers a bit easier with the healing aspect. But if it's if it's the big GX tournament you're entering, then the aggressive aggressive one all the way. Okay. So the, the your Agua version is better if you're expecting more tag team sort of matchups and stuff, right? Yeah. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, you can, like say you can take you can take knockout on a tag team in in one turn with the yeah. Kaku in the choice band. That is pretty ridiculous, I would say. So, if let's just say we're not going any ICR, well, of course we're not here. But like, let's just pretend. In this, <laughs> let's pretend in this world, I was just like, yo, surprise! I've actually booked. I've pre-raised you both. Get down to the airport now. You're going over there, right? What would you be playing to NIC if that was the case, Andrew? Um, probably the greens version with the herbs and the catchers. Oh really? If okay. I'm honest, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it is overall the best deck in the format right now. Uh, it has out against everything. It's the kind of deck I like, wherein if you get a chance against any deck, you've got a chance of winning. Yep. You know, as long as, as long as you're not breaking in turn one, you can get a setup, then you always have a chance. Um, so, yeah, if if I was going and I just needed points, that's what I'd play. If I was, you know, taking that risk to maybe aim for the, you know, the higher things, the day twos, the top eights, then maybe I would take another risk on the aggro version and just yeah. kind of hope to avoid the uh, hope to avoid the the Zapdos as much as possible. But then again. Zapdos has obviously won in Sweden, and it won in Origins in America. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's I think it's got a big target on it, and a lot of people will be playing it and playing against it. So, yeah, probably the uh, the Greens version of Charizard for me. Okay. And same question to you, Miles. If you're heading um, off for it right now, what what are you sleeving up? Do I need any points or not? <laughs> uh, Let's, we'll go, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if I do, again, I'd I'd take the the greens version of Charizard. Like I say, Zapdos has got a big target on its back after this weekend. Um, you wanting that versatility there? Um, maybe I'd have a look to to put my own tweaks on it. Um, like the shortfalls. Would we? Would we maybe play that? You know, the one Kyo, maybe a little bit of Volcanion. Um, or to be honest with you, I'd, I'd be quite. In, first off, I think I'd uh, try and adjust Alice. May try and fit a, a second Volcanion in there because I think the the combination of Absol and two Volcanion might help out the Zapdos matchup a bit oh, more for, on our part. So I think, um, again, if I'm wanting to get the, the high sort of top eights and go there, I'd probably say go with the aggression and try and fit that second Volcanion in there. Okay. Okay. And yeah, then... I'd also say, sorry, just with, yeah. Regard, yeah, yeah. just with regards to the uh, the Greens version, um, Burt played two EV Snorlax GX. Yeah. I don't think the deck needs that at all. So you've no. already got a little bit of wiggle room to start adding in other things. So... You know, maybe you are expecting a lot of Zapdos. Well, then there's your room for your Absol, and you've still got your three Volcanians and stuff like that. Um, if you're, um, you know, worried about, you know, you can, you've got that little bit of wiggle room, and yeah, yeah. just to just change things up ever so slightly for what you're expecting in the meta. Yeah, because um, the the first game I had with Nico, when um, it took me took me first turns to get Absol out in the game one, but once I did it, it really brought him brought him quite to a bit of a standstill. I mean, this like I say, still won. They still had the cards, you know, the switching and the. the Having the extra spare energy once he got a Thunder Mountain down for a turn to be able to attach and use Drachi with a skateboard, um, but having that, it went down. It went down to the last prize. If I had that second Volcanion, then there, then there it is. So uh, yeah, I think I'd be inclined to go with the aggro with the second Volcanion. Oh, okay, that's it. So I'm just talking myself out me uh, first choice. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much. Uh, yeah. And then same question: If you didn't have to go for points, Miles, what would you be playing? Blissey. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to that. That's going to take us next nicely into our next segment. Yeah. But, uh, Andrew, well, what would you say if you weren't going for points? You was there to uh, have a little bit of fun, maybe. Um, I'd probably play some sort of aggro version of Decarom, just because it is like the combos you pull off the Dedenne into the Volkner 
into the energy switch after the Coco Prism and just those big turn ones for big numbers, that kind of, I enjoy that at the minute. Mm. So yeah. I'd probably play something like that, just kind of sit down, play Yu-Gi-Oh for 10 minutes on turn one and just see what happens. In a turn, just like, ah, double it. Yep. It, it is very <laughs> reminiscent of the uh, early XY era, though, isn't it? Like late black and white, early XY. Yeah. And the Night Marches and the Genesex yeah, and things but, like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, and the lots of Shamans and Dark Patches as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just there like, oh, hold on, mate. Let me just start. There we go. Yep. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, so if, if I had another fun deck, I'd play what I played at the Cup and tweak uh, Venomoth GX. Oh, boy. If it, if it was total, like, fun, if I end up doing, <laughs> you know, no wins and all losses, but having fun at the same time, definitely Venomoth. <laughs> right, moving, moving on from Venom. I thought, geez, yeah, please do. Dark. <laughs> yeah. See so, Andrew screwing his face. So we mentioned Blissey. We mentioned yeah. Blissey. So the next part of the episode is going to be a top ten. I'm going to say top ten. My top ten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> top ten decks for NI, N, oh, NAIC. NIC. I don't know why I was getting that wrong. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we mentioned Blissey. Now we ran through before. before before we hopped on the call, we uh, ran through this top 10. And then my, num- my number 10 was Gramble. But then I was immediately shot down <laughs> and was demanding to change that with Blissey. So talk to me, Miles. Why did you make me take Gramble off for Blissey? It wasn't me that said that first, if, if you remember. Um, <laughs> Andrew, why did you make me take Gramble <laughs> off for Blissey? Um, Blissey is a deck. It's I know it's reliant on coin flips and I know it's got chances of doing zero damage a turn and stuff like that but at the same time it has chances of doing massive damage a turn you know you can get five energies on a blissey you can flip five heads you can knock out a you know a tag team GX in one turn and the deck doesn't have an auto loss apart from flipping tails yeah you know no matter what you sit down you go right I'm going to give myself the best chance to take the knockouts that I need all they're going to do, you know, they're taking one prize a turn. You just you just keep swinging, keep swinging and hoping. And it's it's got a chance against absolutely anything, really. Yeah, that, that is fair. No. Yeah, I mean, um, sorry, come on, before I finish. Oh, no, you carry on, you carry on. Because I was going to say, Blissey was actually my first deck in this in this format once Unbroken Bonds came out. Oh, so I, I, yeah, I, uh, I played it a little bit in the um, Lost Thunder, so with the Malamar DCE side. And how, and, just, did, and how did it go for you? Because uh, there's a story um, I'm going to tell in a minute. <laughs> back then, the, with the with the Malamar and DC, it just it wasn't fast enough. It it couldn't because it was so reliant on multiple stage ones rather than just itself. Yeah. Um. You know, and then the extra supporters for the draw. Um. And it was a very GX heavy format with Bacephalon, Ultra Malamar. You you needed more than three energy on it in a turn, and you just, it was very rare to get more than three energy on it. You know, even to get four. And then being able to flip three out of four heads, maybe, you know, three out of five, it's it's difficult even with Victini. Mm-hmm. So then going into this format using the Welder, I remember seeing a list from Japan which did quite well and tweaking that a little bit. So with the Welder, the triple acceleration, as Andrew said, you can, and the Wishful Baton, you can get five energy on a turn, and then soon you could be sit after a Wishful Baton, you could be sitting with a Blissey with eight eight <laughs> energies on it. And, um, you know, when whenever you build a new deck, you look at how you can min, uh, maximize that look. You know, how can you maximize that... that um, consistency and with blissey's only auto loss being those coin flips you maximize that consistency by just having more coin flips um once you had an <laughs> yeah. end of blissey's out there with six energy it 
you, you're gonna like you, if if you've read the article, it's been up on Poker Beach and looking at the math, which I I did very carefully, um, <laughs> before I decided to play a cup. Um, you know, it is it is quite a high percentage to get those knockout on tag teams. So you could be three prizes down before even taking your first prize against a tag team, and you can still win in two turns. That is true. To be fair, because like, the reason why I'm so uh, what's the word against Blissey? Because like yourself, I took it to a cup. Uh, I, <laughs> I took it to a cup with Malama. Uh, did awful. <laughs> Uh, I remember, I think, was it round five? I think I was playing against a junior or something, and uh, it was like one prize apart. I need to hit two heads out of five. Missed, or everyone's watching at this point because Blissey was forced his long game, right? So everyone's watching. I'm like, look at this, like, here we go, guys. Yeah, I need two or five. Oh, that's a tail. Oh, that's also a tail. Like, yeah, Blissey, don't do this. Oh, it's another tail. Anyway, and then, but then the next time I did win, but I was just scarred after that, like, so I'm never touching it again. But with the triple acceleration, all that, would you say it's actually. Over the top now as a viable pick. It's a pick because <laughs> <laughs> um, because everyone was asking me in in the team and my friends saying you're going to take Blizzard to Sweden, you better not be. And I'm like, it's a fun deck. It's great if you're on a budget and you you're going to a challenge or even a cup locally, and you you know you haven't got those like you haven't got the money for the record, the peak roms, all all the um all the staples that are there. And if it's uh, it's a single prize attacking deck which has its has its acceleration there, yeah. um, has the Victini to help you, um, and it can compete with the current meta with the tag teams. It can compete with the tr prize trade well. Yeah. Even against single prize attackers like Zapdos, they need to have a few um, electric powers just to knock one out. Because it's got 160. That's such an underrated... I remember I played in Malamar, I was like, 160? I was like, yo! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so with with the 160, you know, uh, tag teams like Gardevoir can knock it out. Um, Zoroark um, can't he, knock it out in one hit. He needs a damage modifier, which is jokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, a lot of things like that. And obviously, um, at first I built it with the Jirachi, and you could abuse you could abuse the Jirachi with the um, with its um, all the ability. Oh, yeah. So it goes to sleep. Well, yeah, yeah, so you can you can attach a triple acceleration onto your Blissey. And then you could um, use a welder to attach one energy to the Jirachi and then use it. You heal the sleep with happiness supplement and then retreat. Yeah. Which uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, when I did play, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. <laughs> the field wow. blow away the escape rope and I'm like, oh, there's nothing. <laughs> but then um, I eventually ditched the Jirachi version and played one that was built a list which was very similar to Baby Blacephalon. Yeah. So, um, so it ran no Jirachi. It was just sort of the Blissey and the, the Victini. It's fun. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Other thing about Blissey, it's a non-GX stage two. Um, stage one. Doesn't, stage one, sorry. It doesn't lose the stall. There's nothing that stops it attacking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you're worried about stall, play Blissey, flip some coins, you know, eventually you'll get through it because they ain't taking prizes on you. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. Um, so moving on from Blissey then. Now, Dark Box. Now, this is a deck that I haven't really got a whole lot of knowledge on, in all honesty. But I feel as if I have to put it up there because it won. The, it just won the last regionals, right? If I remember correctly, was it or top something? Top something? Top eight? Um, it did top eight in. Um, was, it the, or, was it the Origins one? I think off top of my head. Um. No, no, no. Are you talking about the uh, the Spirit Tomb? Yeah, the Spirit Tomb one. Yeah, yeah it yeah. got. Uh, it was was it Grant Manley got top four in Origins with it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it might, yeah. I don't know if it was Grant, but someone. It was, was Grant. Four, yeah. yeah, it was Grant. Yeah, yeah just got it up here. So, do any of us familiar with this dark box deck? Uh, yeah, I played against it on stream. Oh, so you did? Yeah, of course you did. Um, yeah, talk to me. Say, Mark's version was a bit different, um, in that he had the 
um, with the carrier Mel metal in there, and he was playing, you know, with stall options and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I do get where the deck is coming from. Yeah. Wherein, you know, you're using a, um, a single prize attacker that it does take a couple turns to set itself up because it needs that chance to get the damage built up on it. But um, you know, you start getting a bit damage counters on itself, and you get a hustle belt on there, and you're hitting for ridiculous numbers for one energy attachment. Um, and you know, you're two shotting three prize tag teams. Yeah. Whereas they're going, cool. There's a single prize off a, um, off a little spirit tomb, and they go, well, there's another spirit tomb, and this one's going to knock you out. Yeah. And you tr- the prize trade in that sense is so good for spirit tomb. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And um, then, if you're against single prize attack decks, if you can have black market stick for a couple of turns, then that's where you catch up the prize trade there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. There's that too. Obviously, it has um, that going for it. Uh, but then, obviously, it has. Um, it's got a good Zapdos matchup because of the Umbreon, which for one energy one shots it, and it obviously you've got, still got Little Eevee uh, with energy evolution to search him out. Yeah. So you've got a good matchup there potentially again um, with the Black Markets. You know if you can say to Zora uh, Zapdos, but you're not taking a prize this turn no matter what, mm-hmm. then you know you're in a, you know ahead in the prize trade and a huge uh, you know a hugely um, profitable situation. Um, and also Zapdos, uh, sorry, not Zoroark, which will never go away until it physically it isn't allowed in the building anymore. Um, you've got Honchkrow GX. Yeah. You just pop a Honchkrow out and you go. Can't play the game, mate. And then again with the um, Weezing as well. Yeah, we, oh yeah, yeah, Weezing as well. Yeah, so anything yeah. you know, DC reliant or three uh, C reliant, you just kind of go and you can't play the game, mate. And it'll it's slow down it. the. Um... Zapdos build which uses rainbow energies yeah, as well. Yeah, I was to say, yeah, it makes a lot more pressure on their lightning. Miles, yeah. miles, miles, miles. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you're not putting that out against the Zapdos, but it's not we- uh, Zapdos doesn't hit for weakness. I keep forgetting this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not too terrible in that situation. I still probably wouldn't advise no. going with yeah, in true. that matchup, but uh, yeah, I can I can see that. It's well, if you get Black Market to stick Punch Core active, they can't put down the Thunder Mountain or the, the Viridian to get away because it stops stadiums around. Oh, wow. That's actually true, yeah. That's a bit ridiculous. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, no. Ah. Oh, oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, we're back. Are we back? Hello. Yeah. Sorry, what we do? Yeah. <laughs> we went a bit. I couldn't actually cut out. What did you just say for the last 10 seconds? It just cut out on my side. So same with the Hunchko GX. Because it, it um, stops the opponent playing stadiums down. You can put the black market down. It essentially becomes a single prize attacker. Ooh. Because cause the Zapdos player yeah. can't put down the Thunder Mountain or Viridian Forest to counter it. That's a bit ridiculous. They'd be able to, you know, the only way you think that could go is with the the new Marshadow. If you play the yeah. new Marshadow yeah, to get rid yeah. of it. But other than that, it's uh, it's your single prize yeah. attacker. The yeah. only things I'd say with um, the Dark Box deck are that um, it's so reliant on a setup. You have to get multiple Spirit Tombs turn one because yeah. you need a chance to get them set up. Um, if you're against anything that has any form of spread, you're so reliant on your Mew as well. Yeah. Um, and. Um, you know, it just it's not overly aggressive straight away. So if people can get ahead, you don't have the time to build up your spirit tombs and you're not doing the big damage. So it it's one of those that it's so reliant on I say the way Grant played it was with um, four elms, obviously to get yeah. multiple spirit tombs out. Um I've seen other builds that are like similar to the way Zoroark went with Lily and Nest Balls. You just you need those spirit tombs out and you need them to stick for a couple of turns. Yeah. Just so you can you can build up and have a a board state that threatens so that's that's kind of the where it's at you, you, you need some, almost i can understand that's why mark put in the 
the caramel metal. It's something you can sit behind while you build up your spirit tombs, kind of yeah. thing. So. Yeah, it's actually low key a good little attack when you spirit tomb, in all honesty. I remember when I've seen the, the, the list pop up, I was like, how much time is that doing? Three, six, nine, hustle back. Whoa, okay, that is adding up, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah it's big get, damage. It's getting there quick. Yeah, like I said, two shot in tag team. Or a little one prizer, that's just that's just strong, man. I, it's know, dirty, is what it is. No way, right, right now. <laughs> just like, he's like, what was it, Vengeful Cry for 160? Like, oh, oh. 160? What? The DL, fair <laughs> enough, yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, there we go. That's mine. <laughs> I've just literally bought mine off Magic Madhouse today. <laughs> yeah, so Dark Boss, yeah, I haven't got a lot to add there, really, in honesty. I can, I've been, I, when, you, when I've been free morning at work, I've just been like, yeah, that does seem quite decent, so. I'm going to pick mine up. Well, I picked mine up. I'm just waiting for him to get in the post. Moving yeah. on to number eight then. Weezing. Now, Weezing was a deck that I hyped up a lot, played it, fell off the hype. I think, and a few people I know sort of universally fell off the hype. And it's had a little, a little resurgence recently. Miles, what do we think about Weezing? Um, well, I actually looked into Weezing a little bit myself. Um, looking at it, I think, again, it's very reliant on the setup. It's getting those turn one coughings down. Mm -hmm. It's it's um, a lot of times if you go first, you generally have so much of an upper hand um, because you can get the yeah. first turn detention gas. I think at the start when it was very tag team strong with Reshizard and Baby Blinds, it had its, you know, that's when it had its height. Yeah. But um, now that like other other evolutions decks like Zoroark and um, obviously like the Zygarde Silvalli, Silvalli's creeping up again. Um, and obviously a lot of Reshazard's incorporating uh, Arcanine. It's it's not as strong from the get go as it was. I think you, at, at the, um, I th oh hello, what, what's happened to Miles? Oh, I was gonna say, was it just me that's cut out there? Let's, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, give, give a little bit. Oh, oh he's, I'm back. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. What was the last thing you said? You're talking about we. You're talking about mix her. Wait, what's talking about? No, you're talking about Arcanine in Reshizard. Yeah, so because um, there's a lot more evolutions hanging about, you couldn't go into a cup challenge thinking, oh, I'm going to be facing a lot of basics, big basics. Um, for example, at the start of the season, um, when there was a lot of basics, trying to think something where you had, yeah, if going first you had the upper hand. Yeah, yeah. The detention gas, whereas now it's a bit more varied. You can't. Going to a tournament expecting tip big basic decks every turn, every round. Yeah, I I feel that Weezing is you know even if you are sit there playing a you know a, a deck that's majority basics and whatnot, you can still play around Weezing. Yeah. You know their damage output is based on what Pokemon you put down and how many Pokemon you put down, and then of course there's things like Stealthy Hood or an option just to completely prevent the mid-turn damage. Yeah. Um, you know, decks are playing it. So roller still max potion and mixed herbs is obviously just starting as well. So it wheezing is you can be the best player in the world playing wheezing. And if your opponent knows how to play against it, you've automatically got very little chance of winning, kind of thing. Saying that though, we were just talking about Zapdos having that target on its back. Yeah. Something that Zapdos struggles with mm -hmm. is wheezing. Wheezing can keep its stream of wheezings going. Then Zapdos really, really struggles with it because it's all basics with not a lot of HP as well. Yeah. So I think we could see a resurgence of Weezing in NARC simply because of the target that Zapdos has on it. Yeah. I think it's. I think uh, the one thing it's fallen through the, uh, the gutters a little bit is the text that you put in, as, as you said, like the max potions, the ace rollers, is decks are running that anyway. Like Charizard plays are starting to put the max potions into, so things can't two-shot it against Zapdos. So you're teching, teching against other decks and you, you 
covering off wheezing at the same time. Yeah. So it's not something where oh, I'm going to catch a few people out because if they haven't teched for it, you, you don't need to because you already have. Yeah. But yeah, like Andrews, yeah, it's uh, Wizards out there's having a target on its back. It might see a little, little spike again. Fair shout. Yeah, I didn't think about it. That's insane, Zach, though, isn't it? Oof. Oh, yeah, it's mad. <laughs> like, how many jabs she's got down, mate? Oof, that's not a lot, is it? Oh, uh, <laughs> splat him in slow jab some of that, you geezer. <laughs> right, moving on then. Now, number seven. Now, this... was it? I might, I might be very biased to this deck I've at number seven, just because it's the deck I've exclusively played all season, pretty much. But me and Jake Gray... Uh, we agree that it's really good right now, and if he was going to NIC, he'd be playing it. And I'm talking about Ultra Malawi, here we go. Uh, I don't know, what some people seem to think that Ultra Malawi's dropped off, but oh, he's got a decent tag team, right? Universal good tag team, and Giratina's very good at just killing random stuff. So, I think it's well positioned, decently consistent, you know, it can be, can't be, you know, it's down the middle. Um, Carl Burnett, who's meant to be on today, but forgot... He he's been playing it quite a lot. He also did well at this tournament. Where did he come in the top thirty two? Top thirty two, yeah. Top thirty two. Ultra Necrozma is just a big old beat stick that gives up two fives, not three, which can come up quite a lot in this matter. So Andrew, talk to me. How do we feel again about Mali? Um, I feel it's a very, very good shout. You know, it's one it's got insane consistency. Um, it never has energy issues. Yep. Um it's got two great attackers in Giratina. I mean Giratina Two shots, um, Reshizard. If you get that chip from Distortion Door, yeah, you know that's, that's perfect numbers, and you're giving up, you know, two prizes if that from from a Uratina who just keeps coming back as well, might I add? Yeah. Um, and then, as I say, in the you know other GX matchups, and the numbers that the chicken itself, Necrozma can hit, are are great. You know, you've got your um, choice band if you're playing it. Um, you've got your beast energy as well. Two energies, uh, two psychic energies on top means that you one shotting your Zoroarks, all the GXs that they play. It is, it just, it's a consistent deck that hits numbers. Yeah. Um, it just notoriously it seems to, I don't know, it did drop off going into, like, completely drop off going into the, the Unbroken Bonds format. Yeah. And people have realized, oh, it does have these, you know, it is still a good deck, it is still consistent, it doesn't actually have these bad matchups. Mm-hmm. And it is picking up steam again. And I think, again, we'll see a higher percentage than we have done this weekend being played. I can't say I'd personally see it going all the way. No, yeah. Um, there's always something that'll happen. You know, you'll have turns where you only see one in here, turn one, and it gets goes mid out and knocked down. You just, your setup's then absolutely gone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, best two out of three, you'd think you're getting at least two in here out in two games. So, you know, you're always going to have that chance and just numbers. It hits great numbers. So... Um, I do rate it, but again, I say maybe not if you're looking to win. Maybe it's one of those ones where you're going and you're wanting points kind of thing. Yeah. Miles, anything to add there or Mali? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure because I dropped off at the start of uh, when Andrew spoke, so <laughs> if I repeat anything, I'm sorry. Um, but I think I think it's the idea is something so important at the moment is set up. Obviously, that's why we played the the like the two Kiawe, two Lele, and our Reshizar build. It's similar with Malamar, um, Ultra Mali. It, it, it discards the resources it needs to discard is what it can get back. It's, it's sort of it's setting itself up with the like mysterious treasures guard and your is guarding your psychic energy mm-hmm. in order to get more resources. You're only sort of accelerating that that consistency there. Yeah. Um, and then obviously have the disruption. Marshall has played more than ever now. Let loose, waiting for the you know before it gets rotated. You know some even seen going back up to two in a deck. 
people yeah. if you if you mash out of them and they have to mash out of your back and they've got dragons down to set up um you suddenly got a lot of 70 hp pokemon down which Gurity can set up the sky scorching light for i mean um as much as you know you're playing against Ultra Malamar and you don't want to play it down, sometimes you have to. And then you suddenly have to be two prizes ahead in the race. So uh, I think it just, it can, if, if your opponent has a particularly bad setup and they need to use those Pokemon, then it puts you at an advantage there. It's what you can use for its resources to get consistency and stuff again, it's there. Yeah, I agree. I love me a bit of Mali. Uh, my hot text, if anyone's prepared Mali and you want some hot text, <laughs> listen I to I actually me. took. I actually took my Ultra Mali deck core to Sweden with me, just in case. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. I, it's always the only deck I've been playing. Um, I think in this tag team meta, I love me a bit of Gengar. Gengar puts the fist in to Charizards. I absolutely love it. Make them draw up with their horror house. If they get three energy down, they can only do 200. They can't one-shot you. Take three prizes back. Have some of that with the old portal guys. And what was the other one? Oh, if you want to be super spicy, get some wondrous labyrinth in there. Oh, yeah, that's now we're mm -hmm. talking. Oh, yeah. Take three poisons. Have that in there. So, oh, now you need five energy to flesh right there. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Mali. Couldn't really put it much higher. If it was up to you, I heard number one. But, you know, I think seven, that's about right. Like I said, cause it has still got some issues. Now, number six, I've got Stall. Now, early, a few weeks ago, I had Stall like, up there. like a top three, top four deck. Now, I think it hasn't really been getting... Well, it did get some good results this weekend, to be fair. Which is why I pumped it back up. But talk to me, Andrew, about stall. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> if you can stop your opponent playing the game, then you've got a good chance of winning, which is all stall does, obviously, isn't it? Um, I say it's interesting that stall's gone the way of playing like counter energies and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that it, it is taking knockouts and taking prizes, mm. and sometimes they take, you know, they win games by taking all their prizes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think. In the same way. So while it obviously has these great options to stall any deck, it's a hit. Oh. Individual matchup. Um, you alright? Uh, yeah, it's just gone a bit weird there. I've lost your video. If we could just repeat oh. a little bit of what you said there about um, about stall. Yeah, what was it? We, we heard the bit yeah, about so you, how they're attacking. That was it. Yeah, that was Yeah, so that was obviously they, they've. they've They've, um, they've changed their ways. They are you know, using energy, taking prizes and things like that. So they have extra outs these days, but it's just there's so many um, different good decks out there. Yeah. The stall has to protect for too many different things yeah. at once. Um, and they, you know, it's, it's kind of that situation where if you don't get the exact things you need out for that matchup, then you can lose so quickly. Yeah. You know, if, if you go Stevens and they go let loose and you're like, I haven't got any of the stuff that I need. You you can just instantly lose. So it is one of those things. I feel like you know you need to get, you need to have a bit of good fortune at the start of the game to get yourself set up and into it. But when if you get that set up and you you know the things that you need for whatever matchup, then you can it's it, it becomes almost impossible to lose because you just roll them out of the only things that they have to take out your you know your odd little techs. Yeah, it it's definitely not an easy deck to play either because of this whole resource management the the way you have to build it for lots of different things mm. um, and that playing it knowing ex it's it's almost like you're not playing the game you're playing solitaire they go right this is what you're up against and you go right i need this i need this and then need that and it's just a kind of case of going through the motions every game um to, to just kind of 
you know, it knows how to beat each matchup and you just have to do it. There's no like not a lot of reactions and things like that. You just sit and you play your deck. <laughs> That sounds about right. Anything to add there, Miles? I completely agree, by the way. That was pretty good, I like that. Um, yeah, I think um, Stall is still very good. Um, I agree, it's sort of... It's, it's sort of had to spring too many arms trying to counter different things, Andrew said, which I agree with. Um, also, like I say, it takes a lot of skill to play. I think it takes skill to play against, but now that it's having to sort of be a bit more varied in terms of its counters, mm-hmm. it's making it easier for other people to learn how to play against it. Yeah. Um, and with the options like things like Welder to, to be able to put multiple energies out down on a turn, um, people are figuring out better ways to play against, for example, not benching as many Pokemon, you know, so they don't have the counter catcher options. Um, I mean, having used, I, I used to play sort of the Sylveon mill back in sort of Team Flare Ground, Team, Rock, Team Rocket's handiwork. Um, I think if it's not something you could be able to pick up now and go, okay, I'm yeah. going to go to stall. It's you need to be ready. You need to have the stamina. I mean, if you're going to be playing, you know, nine rounds, you're going to be playing nine yeah. one-hour rounds without a break, no food, no like, toilet breaks or anything. No, you, you've got to have that patience. You've got to have that stamina for that marathon that's to come. Yeah, and it's not the sort of thing you want to pick up. And, oh, I heard Mills, all right, let's play this. You've never played it before. Mm. Especially like, back in the day, I played like Wishy Washy Walls back for uh, Leipzig, I think it was. And back then, because you didn't have your Stevens or you didn't have your Lugias, mm. you just ping something away quick. It was very, you just play the cards you drew at that time. But now, like you said, because Mill has to like, do X plan against this or this plan against Zora, this plan against. You can't really, like I said, you can't just play out that. You have to know exactly what to do, which is why I think you see the repeated people do well of it, like your Sanders or your uh, Benjamin Rabiotis from uh, Team Odyssey. Like they, those sort mm-hmm. of mill players, I think they will continue to do well, but it's not yeah. the sort of debt you can just pick up. But all right, let's uh, let's stall some people out for nine rounds. <laughs> like, it's not mm-hmm. that. It's not that kind of thing. No. Are we with with stall? Are we including the uh, Shedinja builders? Yeah, I'll put them both at six. To be fair, yeah. I think, I th- in my opinion, everything that we've just said sort of applies, uh, but a bit more polarizing to the Shedinja one because that's oh, like, yeah. more like you have to really know what you're doing against that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, but Shedinja, I think there's you know decks are playing maybe one field blower at the minute. Yeah. Um, there's very few playing multiple, so. If you know how to play Shedinja, mm-hmm. and if you can put yourself through that for a day, maybe two, I, you know, I think if you're good enough, you've got a good chance of doing very well with Shedinja, but yeah. you'll be brain dead by the end of it. Is it worth it? <laughs> That'd be a long nine hours, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be massive, <laughs> but I think just, you know, it's one of those that maybe it'll it'll sneak under and someone will do very, very well with it. Yeah. yeah. Anything to add there on the Shedinja one, Miles? Um, no, like I say, it's uh, the, the, both Stall and Shedinja, Some someone will do very well with both those decks because that's that's what they play. That's they, they understand the matchup. I think you can sort of mix and match. Just if you're good with one Stall deck, you can go to another one because it's a similar sort of engine in terms of getting what you need depending on the matchup. Um, again, if you, I think once you learn how to counter it, so if you were to play against one Stall and then play against another one later on in the day, you'd have a much better chance because you sort of ah, I realize why I went. I used my Field Blower at the wrong time. I used my Guzma at the wrong time. But if you're playing one field blow and a lot of decks are playing three Guzma, there's four prizes right there. And if you manage to take two from during setup while they're trying to set up, then there's your six. It's uh, so it's I think it's sort of the balance there. Yeah, that's fair. What I said with Storda is the ultimate dancing. If you make a mistake, like let's say you know you're game plan against Storm, you get a bit aggressive one turn, you reach, 
and you mess up, that's it. Stool's got you there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You've had your chance and you and you've you lost can't it. Get so you can't get greedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say about Stool. So if you play against it, fellas, and you're listening, don't get greedy. Really stick to the game plan. <laughs> and take, take two field blowers with you as well. Take if you're not playing stall, play two field blowers. Yeah, that's it. Field blower on, on a little bit of a side note. It's an insane card right now, knocking off knocking off uh, boards, stadiums that aren't prisms, obviously. Yeah, gingers. Yeah, good card. Uh, mm-hmm. Spell tags against your reasons as well. Yep. All, that, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, field blower. Uh, it really takes right, field blower, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So play, play more you can. <laughs> yeah, definitely do. Right. So now moving into the top five. Now I think these top five. I don't think realistically, in my opinion, regardless of who it says the top ten, I think these are definitely the top five decks in my opinion. So number five, I've got well, maybe a little bit low to be fair, but I'm still putting it. I'm putting Pequam at number five. Reason being, I think Reshi's are just completely outclasses it. Right. I think clowns. Now that they've now they've got um, Mew and that, it's not as bad of a matchup. And I think Zoroark and Zapdos can beat uh, Pikachu. But like we said, Pikachu can have those insane combo turns. With like six energies down, turn one, yep. and you've got nothing to do. And you're just like, whoops, I'm about to get tag bolted. So Andrew, talk to me about Pikachu. Pikachu. I mean, it's just it has so many, like so many good cards in that deck. You know, you've. Um, you know, before you had your Coco Prism, you had the Picarom itself, you had Zapdos as a backup, you had Thunder Mountain, um, you had uh, Energy Switch coming back in that deck. It's absolutely massive. Your Zerora for your free retreat. Yeah. And then Electro on top power. of all, Electro Power, obviously the big one that happened yeah. to get that. Um, and then you go from that and you've got, right, there's a Dead Energy X, which lets you dig through your deck so much further. Yeah. And Electromagnetic Radar, you can get your Dead Energy and your Picarom or your Zerora, whatever other piece you're missing. Just you absolutely fly through everything. Um, the deck is so wonderfully aggressive. Yeah. It is so fun to play as well. Um, only issue with Picarom is it's over-reliance on a single Prism Star card in Taku Koko Prism. Just if that thing is prized, you can't be aggressive. You know, you sat there, you're poking with Zapdossers and just hoping, go on, do I get off the prizes yet? No. Do I get off the prizes yet? No. And it, that can just derail a tournament. You know, if that gets prized a couple of times in big matches and all of a sudden you've got two losses where you should have had two wins or two ties even where you should have had two wins just because of that one card. So it is a very, very good deck, but I think you're right in where you put it in that, that fifth place um, just because it does have that glaring flaw in it yeah. you know, of that simple one thing that you just you might not have. <laughs> and it's what if, makes the deck go. Or even if you get your Coco down, like turn one, for example, because I think if you have a nutso turn one, you, you're normally okay with people, am I right? But like, let's mm. say you get your Coco up, you've only got one energy, or even no energy. You're like, oh, hold on, what's happened here then? And now you're like two, three turns behind, and at that point, whatever you're playing against, they can just be like, pow, pow, pow. Because Pikachu is a fragile uh, three prize. Yeah, two fo- 240 is not a lot for three prizes, no. no. There's a lot a lot of stuff that can hit that, and like weakness as well. So obviously, yeah. Baby Buzzwool hits it when you've got four prizes. Yeah. Um, Sil Valley, which you're seeing play, one-shots it with a fighting memory. Without the Kukui as well. Which is yeah, cool. without yeah. the Kukui, just straight one-shots it. don't have to still. reach for it, yeah. Yeah, it, it does acceleration. Have, it, yeah, it does have those sort of weaknesses, but I mean, even then, I can you, you can definitely see it plowing through a, a Sil Valley matchup. Oh, okay. um, and, you know, it, it is still inherently really, really strong. 200 active, 170 on bench, four prizes, thank you very much. <laughs> Take those three, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. 
don't know. It's just I've never gotten on with it because of the Coco Prism. <laughs> you know, it's far too much reliance on one card for a deck. That is very true. Miles, anything to add there on Picaron? Do you feel as if it's right at that number five, or where would you put it? I agree. I think it's around sort of the, the number five. It's, it is very much of a glass bullet. Um, so I think it's good sitting in the middle of the list. Um, like I say, it's very strong. It's reliance on Coco Prism. I think um, what sort of derailed it a little bit going to Unbroken Bonds is needing two Zoro GX normally instead of just the one. I mean, uh, when it originally came out, it didn't play any, did it? Or um, or some some variants didn't play any just for the setup. Yeah. So having to play the one, maybe playing the second, you then um, got an extra card that you could start with in, in Zoro GX. And um, it's an extra two prizes for something like a Bocephalon player. You only have 190 HP, so it's easy target for Bocephalon. Your your Resh's odds, yeah. um, you know, and thing and things can hit hit those numbers quite well. Um, so there's that as well. And I think another big thing is sequencing. I mean, it's it's a deck that I've wanted to do well with for for a while. And every time I play it, I just I can't get the sequencing right. Like I might um, play. Did Dene first when I should have played something else first, or play something in the wrong order, or I didn't discard the energy at the right time. Yeah. So it's um, and it's not necessarily you, you do the same thing every time because there's so many different cards that can help you with your setup. It you have to change that sequencing sometimes, and that's that's where it can trip you up. Right. So I think if if you if you're someone that that can like that's, that's good at that, then really good. But if you're someone that sort of needs to have that game plan going into a game. Then it's that's where it can falter a bit, I think. Yeah, it's definitely not one of the most linear decks, is it? You have to sort of react. Like even when to use basically even when to zap those when then when to know to transition to your free prizer and all that. But yeah, I think the biggest problem with me, uh, P out of all the free prizes, I say all the free prizes only really two in format, but Reshi's are just kicks the shit in it. Like it's literally that simple. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. with uh, spoiler alert, Reshi's are being the best deck in format, it's just hard to sort of take take that unfavourable to the bidet for in my opinion so yeah but like i bet it feels good getting the turn two like tag ball or gx and just setting up a setting yeah. up another picarom you know you got your electric powers there you, you can hit the good numbers so that's that's where it's incredibly strong as well yeah you will yeah. get those like but two three two two or three of your rounds you will sit there and like i've been there before like winning k out and he's got six energy you just like well then <laughs> can't even gengar he's gonna pop me anyway so <laughs> so yeah this is very true Moving on then. Number four, I've got big old clowns. Now, I thought clowns would have been dead when these tag teams came. I thought, nah, there's no way it's going to compete. And then silly old me has been proven wrong because uh, <laughs> it's continued to do well. So, uh, Miles, talk to me about big clowns. Have you played it much? Um, yeah, I, not in Unbroken Bonds, but I did actually, I got 25th at uh, top 32 at Bristol with, baby, um, with big clowns. Um, so, going into the uh, Sweden, that's probably the one deck that, that was my second, that was my second choice. Um, yeah after Reshizar, because, like I said, I, I, I knew it from, from Bristol. Um, I think it's incredibly strong. I think Beast Energy um, really adds that strength there. You know, that extra 30 can can make a massive difference. Um, I think having the build with Persian in there is is incredibly good. Just think, okay, knock out my Bezephalon. I'm just going to get two Beast Rings anyway. Um, Marshadow me. You know, it can it can survive the Marshadow let loose a lot better with that Persian there. Because... Um, Again, they don't really want to target that Persian when you got Bocephalons and Naganadals and things like that. It's it's a wasted it's a wasted two prizes if there's if there's other options. Yeah. Now you have things like Ultra Space are going for it that can that can help that setup and not help your opponent at the same time like Viridian Forest can do in, in decks, you know. Even if you don't use Viridian, like if, for example Reshizard, you you discard the fire anyway just to thin your deck a little bit more maybe. Yeah. So it's it's got a lot going for it and then it can take advantage of Heat Factory from itself and if your opponent has to play it down as well. 
Um, so I think it has that strength there. I think personally, I would avoid a lowland muck with you know, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole in Bicephalon. Um, and that's the that's the way that I approached it in Bristol, having having that aggro there to counter the the aggro. You know, having another Pokemon like Muck to set up when people can work around the Jirachis. You know, you don't have to play the Jirachis anymore to to set up some cards with things like Green's Exploration and things like that. Um, soon to go for the for, go for the big setup and then the the big hit. Um, so I think it's it's one of those and it has that prize trade with Reshizad. You know, if you if you can take advantage of a turn or two with Beast Energy on there, you can. You can you can take back those those prizes and a lot of decks like Reshizad have to force the beast ring turn. You know you got yeah. no choice but to go into the beast rings, which uh, you know it's, it's the strength. That's why Blissful died off a little bit for for things like uh, Weezing and Ultramally managed to yeah. avoid the beast ring turn. Um, and like say with the Pikrom can avoid the beast ring turn as well if they set it up properly. But now there's there's less of that. So I, I think it's incredibly strong going in there and. and one to watch out for, but again, like a lot of decks, it's quite frail. You have to play a lot of energy. You can brick, so it has, it has those moments. I think it has less of those moments than other decks, but it still does have those. Sounds good. Anything to add there, one clowns, Andrew? Yeah, it's in a similar position to where Ultra Necrozma and Malamar is, yeah. and that you're setting up a lot of stage one support Pokemon on the bench to get your energies out. And you've got a two-prize attacker that has almost limitless damage output. Yeah. There's like there's no top end to it, so it's you know it's one of those where you know you've got the aggression, you can take on anything. Um, it seems like a really simple deck to play on paper. You know you get your Blacephalons, your B strings out, and you, you just kind of swing big. But there's a lot of small decisions in that deck that make it a lot more difficult to play than you think. Yeah. Um, and that's where the best players that play Blacephalon come out because they know the matchups. And you know those tiny decisions that make big things at the end of matches. So as I'm saying, it's in a good spot. It has good, decent matchups against most of the good things that are out there. You just you need to practice and practice with it. Um, and you've got to be confident with those little things. If you sit down and whatever you're against, you go right then and know how to react to everything that they do. Yeah. Whatever top deck I get, I know what's the best thing to do and whatnot. So. I'd say it is great. I could see Blasephalon winning the entire thing yeah. because someone could just be that well versed in it that you know they sit down and they, they just always know what to do and they're never panicking kind of thing. Yeah. Apart from when you get your opening hand of you know a Lele and four or six energies, you know, but that kind of stuff happens. I think but, yeah. it's it's um it's I think one element of luck that's involved with Blasephalon at the moment is not knowing what your opponent's playing, because as much as you want to, you want to start with that Blacephalon, but sometimes you can't because 180 HP is so frail. You know, with, with the Reshizards being able to go Welder attach, okay, GX for 200 for KO. I mean, I did that in, in my match um, at Sweden. Yeah. It's that case of you want it there active, but you don't you don't want your setup Pokemon like your Naganadal, your, your, your Poipol, and your Ditto's getting knocked out. So it's it's that balance as well. It's, um, it's what counts, because... A lot of decks are starting to play three, three Poipol, three Naganadal, and that's I think that's the way that I would have gone okay. with um, with the rescue stretcher. But then if one of those gets taken out early and it, the other one, like one of those prize, just doesn't suddenly on a back foot. So yeah, again, it's it's you need to know how how to play it, what matchups to to go with. If you go in second, you what what Pokemon do you start with? But I can see it going all the way as well. I agree, yeah, definitely. Well, it can sort of reach that meta big one. Are you playing Mook or are you playing Persian, Andrew? If you had to play it. Oh, I'd be playing Persian. Yeah, definitely be playing the Persian. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so. it, it, it's, you know, it's just also that you know if you use Persian's Jack's attack, you can take out 
you know, two prizes with a choice band. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you you, you know, you stick up a, a Poipole and a Ganadel and you, you're there going, well, actually, you know, I'm back in the prize trade kind of thing. I know if you're attacking with a, a Persian, you're probably not in a great position to start with. But, you know, <laughs> it, it always it's has it has those sort of players, yeah. Or as Muck is just a Guznatog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, the only thing you're really stopping is Jirachi. And people can, you know, play without Jirachi. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, you know, they get a few turns out of it, you know, one or two at least. And if, you know, they see you go, well, Grimer, they can go, okay, we'll just build up cards to be able to play around it for a couple of turns. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend version over um, over the book. It was um, Berlin. I played with Cephalon in Berlin Internationals, which is um, team up uh, team up format. And I, pl- I played it with Muck in there, and that that was when Muck was like supposedly very good. You know, against all the Zapdos and Jirachis and things. And I didn't play it down once. So every time I top decked a Grime or top decked Muck, I'm like, why have I even got this? I don't need it right now. It's too late for that. Yeah. You know, they've already got set up. I'm like, I wish this was something more aggressive. Yeah. Which is why I'd, I'd I'd go down the more. You need to keep up with what's what's coming against you. This is very true. Probably even do acute pings as well, like search out bands or search out beast energy if you don't need the whole the whole like beast ring. So yeah, I think I'm down the middle there. Let's just push mm. that aggressiveness as far as we can and just that's get what, to that win condition. Yeah, that's what plans does, isn't it? Got yeah. got to go fast. Yeah, <laughs> like the one of the most aggressive decks. Let's not try and make it into a bit of a lock or something. Let's just keep, well, yeah. keep going. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Right, so they're moving on to top three now. I think again, these you can maybe argue the position well of the bottom two of these three, but uh, I think that universally uh, these should be the top three deck for most people. But at number three, I've got Zoroark variant. Like you said, Andrew, it just don't go away, does it? It just doesn't nope. ever <laughs> seem to go away. I mean, I looked at um, I think what was it the last episode or maybe the, the week before. There were like five different Zoroark variants over the week. I was like, come on, really? But yeah, looking at Zoroark now, I guess its strengths is it's got its text for different matchups, right? It can sort of hit everything it needs to. Uh, Persian, we talked about Persian, helps it out there. Catwalking, that is nuts. Getting your Kakuris, getting your whatevers. And having eight energy, or seven in some cases. But, um, so Andrew, talk to me about Zoroark. Well, it, it's just that kind of insane consistency and versatility you know, you can just, you know, some decks are playing 20, 25 Pokemon in it just yeah. because you can play whatever you like. You can play your Slowkin to go after four energy Reshizards. You can play your Dugong to go after other things on the bench and to yeah. threaten your fire Pokemon. You've obviously got your Zoroarks and your um, and your Persians, you know, which is just an insane engine to be able to play in. Yeah. Um, you know, trading through so you can dig for your stuff. And then all of a sudden they take a knockout and you go, well, I'm not digging, I just have my stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it just doesn't go away. And the fact that Zapdos is so big now and Zorak has a, you know, a good matchup against Zapdos just makes them even better, really. The only issue with Zorak in the <coughs> format is the fact that there are Snorlaxes having energy accelerated on them so easily. And it's, yeah, if a Snorlax comes down and gets four energy on a turn one, Zoroark ain't winning. Yeah. And, that's, and the, that's, that's, that's the downside with it. Well, yeah, and, and the fact that it can have the pleasure of playing 25 Pokemon for that versatility, but then it has sometimes it plays 20, 25 Pokemon, you know, at yeah. the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, there's a lot of, lot of you, can, you can use a lot of one-offs with Persian, but then because you have those one-offs, you get those at the wrong time. Yeah, you are 
sometimes a slave to your prizes, sometimes a slave to bad top decks and bad starts. But Zorlock's always been like that. It's just kind of hoping that you get your one support to turn one, and then from there the deck runs itself. Mm. It's just knowing the right thing to trade away and what to you know the right support to use, and it it is just you know consistent damage, consistent draw. It just doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, that's the best way to put it. It just doesn't ever seem to go away. Um, no. Again, I think you've got those sort of Zoroark players, like we said about your millions, so you've got those players that players will just play Zoroark, and I'm sure they'll do well. But I couldn't think of anything worse than playing Zoroark for nine rounds, not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't play it this format. No, mm. just with, with, as, again, spoilers, the best deck being Reshizard yeah. and them all playing you know, a Snorlax that gets energy accelerated onto it so easily, there's, it's just not worth going into a tournament with with Zoroark. I know, yeah, you've got your, you know, potentially um, your Dugong and your Lavatar. Um, it doesn't matter, Snorlax is just going to roll you. Yeah. You know, that thing generally takes four prizes and then you've lost the game, basically, because at that point they've got a big, uh, big red boy on the bench as well. Yeah. So. Um, I can understand why it's still seeing as much play as it is, and obviously there are players who just won't give it up, but I I wouldn't recommend it for this. I think it's seen its day, and people just need to let go now. Please. <laughs> <laughs> people just need to let it go. Miles, would you ever consider, if like I said, let's say I, ha- I bought that plane ticket and you're heading off there now, would Zoro ever consider, would that ever be in your head to sleeve up? Or? Personally, no, I'm not I'm not the Zoro player, as I said earlier at the start. Um, pick up and play um again with the whole trade aspect it's you know i want it's that little bit of dig i mean it's not like i wouldn't touch with a barge well if you are a good if you are a zara player and you have got plenty of points and you are good and you want some points then maybe it's an option like say with zappy's having the targets on its back will zoroark see a little bit more play because it has that good matchup um we're not sure i say again a bit like the stall a bit like the Bicephalon. if you have those players that know what they're doing and, you know, maybe have a little bit of luck with the matchups if they hit a couple of Reshizards and get the Dugongs or the, the Slow Kings going. You know, you, we're, good. we're definitely going to see quite a few in day two, 100%. If you just need some points, then I'd, I think it's a consideration. Fair enough. I, like I said, I wouldn't touch with a barge pole because everyone knows now, you SR players, everyone knows. Just just Welder and Kyoro and she's still relaxes and watch them take four prizes. Sometimes mm-hmm. take six. I remember I had an interview with uh, Jordan Littleson, I think he top forward, I think, Madison, I'd like to say. And he was saying, yeah, when the EV starters came down, he was just like, he was playing Sloking. He was like, well, uh, what do we, uh, what yeah. do we do against this? Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, see if you have a nice, consistent game one, and then game two, the rest is our place, prize of the Snorlax, and it's the last, yeah. it's one of the last prizes, then it, it it's that it's that luck element as well, isn't it? But like I said, some just are playing two Eevee Snorlax now, isn't mm. it? So you've got, got that to contend with. Maybe they yeah. poison both. Maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. In. Number two, I've got Zapdos variants at number two. Uh, just because it's a non-GX for the most part, with Zapbeast, I think, being my favourite variant. Um, just all mostly non-GX. I can trade up eventually, you know, two-shot in the stuff, get the power spike turns. Super consistent. Uh, the results are just flying in. I just think it's one of those where... And it's just, like I said, so consistent, it's so easy. You just need basic, uh, basic Pokemon, energy, some sort of switch, and it plays thousands of the bad, other bloody things. Play, almost play Guzma every bloody turn, to be honest. As a Malamar player, it annoys me heavily. <laughs> um, so, Andrew, what do we think about um, Zapdos? Which is your favourite variant? Uh, it's just good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, personally, I like playing it with 
a heavy jolt beyond. Okay. But the, the the best version is Zapdos Beasts. You know, whether you're going with the rainbows or you know as Magnus did in in Yunkaping, playing with um, Viridians and basic energies. Okay. You know, he played he played two baby Buzzwool, uh, two Viridian and three basic fightings, okay. as well as the beast energy, just for that kind of going. Right, I need him. I need a way to guarantee it. and making your energy searchable is just yeah. insane. So, and of course that helps your, um, your Zapdos as well. You're guaranteeing your lightning energy every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is just, it's single prize attackers attacking for big damage for single energy and it can wear anything down. It's, yeah. it's just, it's so good. Again, it's not easy to play. You have to know the right thing to attack with when, yeah. the right cards to draw off your, mm-hmm. your Jirachis um, and know every matchup inside out. But, Dear God, it's good. <laughs> I wish I was good enough to play it like the way some people do. Yeah. Anything to add there, more Zapdos? Um, yeah, I've seen Zapdos itself. I think it's it's the most skillful deck. I think because of if the if the skill cap wasn't so high on it, I'd probably argue that it is still the best deck in format over the Reshizard okay. because of the matchup that it has. But because you have to practice and practice and practice so much, then I think that's where it's with the Reshizard comes out on top. Um, I mean, for example, if you if you start Coco GX, for example, and you have no way of getting it out, or if it gets knocked out early, there's two prizes already gone. Mm-hmm. In an already close game, you're already losing the prize trade with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the rushes I could take it out with just the welder and attach. Um, I think I think they say it's it's so strong. So some are playing the Pheromos of Buzzwall that catches people out. Yeah, you know, if there's, if there's a little bit of chipping away, you can you can GX for the for the game um, by taking multiple prizes in one go. Um, I think, yeah, it's just it's just so strong, but it's very much a thinking man's. You have to know what your matchups are. You have to be practicing it. I think if you're wanting to play at NAIC, then what you're doing now and get on TCGO and practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah, like went to Guzma, went to Switch, went to EUO, went to even, you know, maybe there's a, in some situations you don't have to use the power spike turn for some, like for Buzzwell, for example, maybe it's a better play not to. Uh, like went to use your Coco, for example, went to use your Buzz Feromosa. If you're playing that, Please, dear God, make sure you've tested because that can win or lose you games if you do that at the wrong yeah. time. Don't get too greedy just because you get a little two prizes on Azura now. Like, that might not be the best thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the idea of including Buzz or Fermosa. It'd be, would would I include it in a deck? I'm not sure because it's so good at taking those last prizes in the game. But if you, it, like, if you start Coco GX, if you start that, then that's three prizes gone. Yeah, it gives you another bad start against Reshi's Yeah. Mm-hmm. And against Russia, that's a who has a big no no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I would play it just because I'm a risky geezer, in my opinion. I love me a bit of a love me a bit of cheek. <laughs> <laughs> would you be playing Buzz for most in your Zapdos list, Andrew? If you were going, Andrew, Andrew, you there? Are we there, guys? Oh no, we're not the best. Oh dear. Oh, hang on. I, I can hear you guys now. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're I, back. Hello. Oh. No, I'm not having the best to go here. I bet my brother and sister are like all streaming. Video's not quite back for me, but there you go. Has it not? Oh, yeah, yeah. my back, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> my brother and sister cool. are watching Netflix upstairs and just came off the net. But like, what I was saying is, are you playing Buzz for a most if you were playing Zapdos, Andrew? Andrew? I would be, oh. yes. Um, starting it isn't. Yeah, I would be starting it isn't too much of an Oh dear. Oh dear. 
if you have a way of retreating it turn one, then you're fine. Well, I hate to do this again, but it cut out of me again. So I'm going to ask you for the third <laughs> time. Andrew, <laughs> are we playing Buzz Fermosa? Yes, if I'm playing that deck, I'm definitely playing the Buzz Fermosa. I feel that, obviously, you're playing enough, base, enough other basic Pokemon, you don't need to worry about starting it. Yeah. You know, that's that shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got your four Jirachi, your three Zapdos, your Coco Prism, your one Prize Beasts. Yeah. Um, all of them are okay to start with. Um, and just the pros that way, the cons. You know, being able to finish, if you miss a turn mid-game, but then you have that to finish it off at the end kind of thing, I, you know, I, I think just it, it becomes so valuable as, like, just to call matches, uh, like, victories from the close of defeat, because you you have that thing and the beast energy on it, and it comes out of nowhere. I think, yeah, you definitely have to play it. I think, I guess, it's okay. If you if you can, if you go first and you start it, if you can retreat it turn one, then they can't weld around Guzma, so it's uh, and you do pretty play safe there. a lot of switching cards as well, for yeah. the most, right? So, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that moves us on to number one, like, ooh, we've been talking about for the whole episode pretty much is what these fine gentlemen did super well with uh reshi's are now i've got them both i'm just lumping together we've got your greens or your aggros or your sort of arcanine whatever you are i think reshi's is just insane the card you can win games just off the text off the card like you don't have to necessarily play well you can just go like you said turn one gx turn two get more poses and then turn three just outrageous i haven't killed you at this point Insane, super strong. If I was going and I was scrubbing half a point, I'm playing Reshizard, and I'm guessing both of you guys as well, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> don't need to go in much more detail to be fair. Um, because the whole episode we've been talking about Reshizard for the most part, but um, any looking at sort of past results now, most recent results, Andrew, are there any sort of changes you would make? Like I said, if you were on this playing ride right now to NAIC, I think I'd, as I said at the start, I'd definitely be playing the. Uh, the greens version with the uh, mixed herbs yeah. and the custom catchers yeah. just because obviously zapdos is going to be big you know it's it's doing well it's on a roll it will be played so just having that you know a deck that has more options uh, against that as well as other options against the rest of the meta i think that's that's the direction i would go with it personally okay and then over to you miles the last minute change you'd make if you were going um i'd probably stick with the the build that we had um I think the idea of having that second volcano in there would have helped me out uh, in quite a few games. Um, I know beforehand I was tinkering with the idea of having a max potion instead of Acerola so I could max potion and weld it straight back onto it, but then obviously the downside is you lose the energy. Um, I'll probably have a go with testing that. Um, obviously Burt's, or just the, the Greens version in general, is very strong, like I say, with those mixed herbs. You're having the, the best of both worlds there. I think it gets... If it's a much more varied meta then, and you haven't picked up the deck, I'd probably say the more Greens version. If it's something that you played and you know then go with the version you know. I think it's at the point with pick pick a version, practice it, and stick with it, because they, they play in slightly different ways. Ultimately, Welder is the best card in the format. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what you want to do, you want to pair it with the best attacker that uses fire energy, which yeah. is Reshizard. So I think ultimately it doesn't matter which version you play, You you know, as long as you know how to roll with the deck you've yeah. got a good chance of having a good day yeah. i mean if, you, if you've done real well with the drive version you you know you, you've got yeah. some points with it then there's there's nothing wrong with sticking with it i think i think if it's what you know stay with it there's there's no it's not as much it's not that much of an advantage to get used to a new build of it if you know yeah how to play the one that you've got mm-hmm. but if you're picking it up fresh having never played rush before then maybe the greens way is the way to go yeah 
because picking out two car eight two trainer cars is quite strong that in honesty. Okay, yeah. let's combine yep. the two most crazy supporters. Let's just put them into the same deck, right? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think that wraps it up there then. So thank you very much for coming on guys. Much appreciated, especially you know, Mark. I know you came in on a sort of semi last minute basis there, but thank you so much. <laughs> Top episode, so much insight. I'll, let, I'll give the floor to you guys now for any shout-outs you might have. I'm assuming you've probably got a few. Um, and then we'll wrap up. Andrew, any shout-outs? Uh, I mean, we've both got the same thing, basically. All the guys <laughs> at Team MCR. Um, the support we've had going into this last regional of the season with so much riding on it for us, the support we got off them was great. Um, even if they didn't quite get the idea that we were only there for top 32 and were <laughs> absolutely bugging us the entire day to make sure we won the thing. Um, but they've all been great, and it's you know, you know, we potentially wouldn't have been there without the support model that we got from them. So they've all been great to us. Go check out the Facebook page as well because everything we've said today, the deck list that we played is on there as well. If you're interested, guys. Anything to add there, Miles? No, I mean the same deal. Yeah, I know we're from the both being from the same team. It's everyone at MCR. I mean, I've got you know my friends who who know they are. Thanks for the support. I mean, I've been in uh, I've been in pretty low places in terms of uh, wanting to do well. I mean, I started the year in January on forty points, and uh, without the support and the help and and helping with decklists and telling me not to play so many meme decks, <laughs> you know, self-realization. But it's um, it's it's been absolutely amazing. I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Yeah, and I would also shout out to MCR, one of the one of the sort of more high profile pumping out good content UK teams out there, uh, putting out good stuff. So I'll make sure I put some links down there at the bottom also. So yeah, thanks for coming up, guys, um, and thanks for listening. Thanks to you guys for listening as well, because about you, I won't be here now anyway, would I, silly old me? But uh, yeah, we'll come back with some post NAIC stuff afterwards. But thanks for listening, and I'll see you all next time.